Whether we recognize it or not, the world needs a Savior. Someone who can pay the price for the massive debt of sin that we owe. Join us today as Pastor Rander takes a look back at how God did for Israel what He desires to do for each of us today in this message, The Redeemer and Savior of Israel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Have your Bibles. We're going to be going through a number of scriptures, but particularly we'll be focused on um, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 15. I'll not read the text in its entirety to save time because I will be exegeting the text as we go along in the passage verse by verse. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 5. The subject of this text is the Redeemer and Savior of Israel. The Redeemer and Savior of Israel. Isaiah 43, 1 through 15. If you have your text, you just leave the Bible open. We'll be referencing some other scriptures, but we're going to park right here in this particular passage. Isaiah chapter 42 ends with God's sorrow over Israel's rebellion and spiritual condition. However, here in Isaiah chapter 43, in spite of Israel's spiritual rebellion and failure, God, out of his unconditional love, will show them mercy, bring Israel back from captivity, and restore her. Now, the basic theme of the book of Isaiah's is his name means salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. And the same God who delivered Israel into captivity will release Israel from captivity and restore her. This will serve notice not only to Israel, but to the surrounding nations that Yeshua alone delivered Israel and is her savior. Now say the word Yeshua. That's right. Uh, This is a Hebrew name for Jesus. Yeshua is a Hebrew name for Jesus, which means Jehovah will save. It means Jehovah will save or simply salvation. Also, there are lessons to be learned from for us today as Christians from Israel's rebellion. We have lessons to learn as a church today from Israel's captivity. And there are lessons to be learned from Israel's restoration. The Lord has led me to break down this particular passage this way. You can label this passage breakdown so you get the gist of this particular chapter. Verses 1 through 7 is Israel chosen and redeemed by God and assured of his divine presence and protection. Israel chosen and redeemed by God and assured of his divine presence and protection. Verses 8 through 10 is Israel to be a witness to the world. Israel to be a witness to the world. And verses 11 through 15 is Israel promised deliverance from Babylon. Again, Israel promised deliverance from Babylon. Now let's look at verses 1 through 7. I've entitled this as Israel chosen and redeemed by God 
and assured of his divine presence and protection. Let's look, if you will, at verse one. It says, but now thus saith the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. See that in the text? In this particular verse, Isaiah prophesies in the spirit and sees a day when Israel will be judged by God because of her rebellion. In the midst of judgment and deep distress, God, Israel's creator, speaks words of comfort and assurance to her. Isaiah comforts Israel by saying to her, I created and formed you. He's speaking in the spirit. He's speaking from the Lord. God is saying, I created and formed you. He's speaking through Isaiah. It was the grace of God that brought Israel into existence out of nothing for the praise and glory of God. God also says in verse 1b of that verse, fear not for I have redeemed you. You see that? I have called you by your name. He knows their name. You belong to me. In other words, you are mine. In other words, God is to be Israel's one and only God. And Israel is to belong exclusively to God as his chosen people created for his glory. The scripture also says in Isaiah 43, verse 7 and 21, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. That's why we were all created for the glory of God, to have fellowship with God, for the glory of God. You were not created for yourself. You were created to give God glory with your life, glory with your eyes, give him glory with, with how you behave, give him glory with your attitude and what you do and what you say. Uh, he says, I have created you for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise, says Isaiah 43, 721. Beloved, like Israel, we must be mindful that God created us. He saved us. He called and equipped us to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory and the edifying of the church. We have come together individually and collectively to honor our Lord, to glorify him, to give him the homage, the praise, the glory that he is so much due. And we're here to build up the church, to edify the church, to minister to one another, to serve one another in the unity of the spirit. Therefore, we should not have a divided allegiance because we, like Israel, belong exclusively to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't belong to some sorority or fraternity or some Masonic Lodge or some club or some hot spot. You belong to Jesus Christ. Why don't you say amen? As we look only to him, he will guide us as we faithfully carry out our God-given assignment. All of us in here have an assignment from God, and you're not just here by accident. God ordered your presence in the fullness of time to be here in this world and even in this year, in this place, in this nation, in this church, to hear this message Your life has purpose, you have value, you have worth, and God has a kingdom assignment for you as you walk and look to him. 
As we look only to Christ, he will guide us as we faithfully carry out our God-given assignment. In verse 1, it also says, for I have redeemed you. Just underline these phrases as I go through them. For I have redeemed you. Now, the word redeemer, redeem, and redemption are common to Isaiah. The word redeemer, redeem, and redemption are common all through the book of Isaiah. To redeem means to buy out of slavery, to ransom, to release or deliver. God's redemption of Israel from Egypt was a divine intervention that transferred ownership of Israel from Pharaoh and the Egyptians to the Lord. Israel is God's covenant people and his own special people. And we today, the church of the living God, we too are his own prized possession to dispense the good news of Jesus Christ. We are his ambassadors. This world is not our home. America is not our home. We are pilgrims headed home. The scripture says God is Israel's redeemer. Isaiah 44, 22, verse 23, B says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. You know, transgressions means what? Sins. And like a cloud, your sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed you, Israel. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to what? Israel and glorified himself in Israel. The same God who delivered Israel from the harsh slavery and bondage by Pharaoh and the Egyptians will also deliver Israel from Babylon and bring her back to her homeland, the land of Israel. Because Jehovah sees Israel's restoration as an already accomplished reality, she needs not fear, but only trust in her God. The scripture says, look at the text. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And I'm going to tell you today, don't you know you belong to God? Don't you know even the pagans and those who say, I don't believe there's a God. One cannot know God. I'm an agnostic. I don't know who I am. They too belong to God by creation. We not only belong to God by creation, we also belong to him by salvation. Amen. Because we've been washed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I have called you by your name. You are mine. This speaks of God's ownership. And special love relationship with his covenant people, Israel. Israel had no special qualities, nor did anything to earn God's love. Nor did we. You're not saved because you deserve to be saved. You're not saved because you've earned the right to be saved. You can't work your way into uh, the grace of God. You are saved exclusively by grace through faith. God sovereignly chose to love Israel because of his unmerited favor and grace toward her. You say, where is that? In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 8a, it says, The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people for you were the least of all people. You know, you don't have to have a big name or you don't have to have big numbers for God to work through you. (laughs) God works through ordinary people. He can do extraordinary things through ordinary people. He says, verse eight, but because the Lord loves you, don't you know the Lord loves you too? 
How many of y'all know the Lord loves you? I take comfort in knowing that in spite of myself, the Lord loves me. At my best, he loves me. At my worst, he loves me. He loves me with an unconditional love. He loves me when I don't even deserve to be loved. I'm so glad there's not a moment in time where God ceases to love me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Verse eight, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. Uh, Look at Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43 verses two and three. It says, when you pass through the waters, what a precious passage. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba in your place. God here comforts and assures Israel of his continued presence and protection. When Israel passes through the waters and rivers, it will not overflow her. And when Israel walks through the fire, they shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch them. Isaiah is saying no trial or no adversity is beyond the protective hand of God. And I know that there are many of you under my voice by radio and television and even in the congregation today. You're going through some kind of trial, a stressful situation or you had a crossroad, there's a problem, maybe perhaps with your health or with the child or with the marriage or on the job. There's no, nothing that comes into your life that is beyond the protective hand of God. God has it all in control. You just keep on hoping. You just keep on trusting and you just keep on believing in the God of our salvation. Even in the midst of Israel's divine chastening by God because of her rebellion, A compassionate and merciful God comforts and assures her of being preserved in the midst of captivity by the Babylonians. There is a future for the nation Israel. Some people say she's done. No, she is not. There is a future for the nation of Israel and God will restore her in due time. Israel will not be consumed totally, even though she goes through her own trials, many of which she brought on her own self. And you know, you're just like Israel. (laughs) Some of us go through trouble because of what others have done to us. And sometimes we go through trouble because of what we brought on our own selves because of rebellion, defiance and disobedience. Also, there are tremendous spiritual application For all of us here today, like Israel, we also go through our own deep waters. Like Israel, we too go through our own fiery trials. And our Lord will not allow our trials, our calamities, our crises to consume us. We must keep our eyes on Christ in the midst of adversity, remain faithful and keep our faith and hope in Christ as we suffer for him, endure for him. He will uh, intervene and deliver us in due time. Therefore, hold on to the promises of God and be assured that the presence of God is with us in the midst of our afflictions and that no trial is beyond the protective hand of God. I, I don't care what you're going through. There's nothing 
that comes into your life that God cannot handle. I mean, God is the great problem solver. And sometimes you're even persecuted because of your stance for the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me, let me just give you a word, a prophetic word. Listen, there are coming days where we're going to be persecuted even the more as America become increasingly more godless. First Peter chapter four, verses 12 through 13, verse 14a and verse 16 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials of which is to try you. Why is this going on? Why me? He says, don't think it's strange as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Verse 14a. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. You are blessed when you suffer for Christ's sake. You are blessed when you take a stand for Christ. You are blessed when you're swimming upstream for Jesus when the whole world is going downstream uh, because of Satan. Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian. Now, some people are suffering, but they're not suffering because they are Christian. They're just suffering because they're evil. (laughs) Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. When you go through the fires and the trials because of your stand and your spiritual posture for Christ, don't be ashamed to own up to the name of Jesus. Stand if you got to stand all by yourself. Know that God will keep you in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials, when you know you love God and you're standing on the promises of God. Listen, God's presence will be with you, my friend. Look at verse 3a in the text. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are saying, when is the last time you told God you are my savior? When is the last time in your prayer life you just thank God for being your savior? A loving God comforts his people Israel as he reminds her in the midst of Babylonian captivity that he alone is her God, the Holy One of Israel, her savior. The idols that Israel worship would not deliver and could not deliver, redeem or save her. God is her one and only savior for the scripture says in Isaiah 45, 21 B and there is no other God besides me, a just God and a savior. There is none beside me. Verse three B says, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. In other words, the text is saying, while other nations were given over to judgment and destruction, the Lord preserved Israel in the midst of judgment and gave Egypt, Ethiopia and Seba, which is possibly a country in southern Arabia as a reward or ransom for purges kindness in releasing captive Israel from Babylon. In other words, God blessed Persia for being a blessing to Israel by releasing Israel from captivity after Persia defeated the Babylonians. Beloved, God blesses those who bless Israel. For the scripture says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I will bless those who bless Israel. And listen, I believe God has blessed America 
because we have been such a blessing to Israel. The worst thing we can do is to become an enemy of Israel. And I believe this, this promise is still holds true today. And anytime you go against Israel, you're going against God himself. When you mess with Israel, you mess with God. But I got news to you. You are a child of God. You've been born again. Jesus Christ is your Lord and your God. And anybody who messes with you messes with God. And let me tell you something. It's a dangerous thing to mess with a child of God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed shall be blessed. America has allowed many Jewish people to come in. And many Jews are doing great things right here in America. But even in America, anti-Semitism is on the rise. And that is a dangerous thing indeed. Verse 4, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. God loved Israel with an unconditional love from the day he created her. And she was precious and honored in his sight. The chasing hand of God upon Israel was to bring her back into relationship with her God and savior. That's why God chastened her. When Israel repented and returned to God, he redeemed her by giving men and people for her life. In other words, God loved Israel with a great love and knows how to do whatever it takes to procure and restore his people back to himself. Look at verses five through seven, if you will. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. You know, they give my people up and to the south. Do not keep them back. Bring my sons, my, in other words, my children from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I will form him. Yes, I have made him. In this particular passage of verses, God reassures Israel of his presence in the midst of divine chastening. In Isaiah 41, 10 even in chastening, God comforts her. He says in Isaiah 41, 10, uh, that scripture many of us know, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with the righteous, with my righteous right hand or with the right hand of my righteousness, depending on what translation you are reading. Fear not. And so many people are walking in fear today. So many people are looking at what's going on in America, what's going on with police shootings and citizen shootings and what's going on with, with the gangs and the violence and the sexual promiscuity. Uh, people are fearing for their very lives. But the word of God gives us comfort as Isaiah comforts Israel. The word of God even comforts us today. Fear not, for I am with you. When you begin to lose the fact that God is with you, that's when you begin to worry and fret. Don't forget that God is with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God tells Israel not to be afraid for he was with her and promised to bring her back to her land. 
Like Israel, we must realize that when needed, God disciplines us as well for the purpose of restoration and fellowship with him. If you are a child of God, you will experience the chastening hand of God because there are moments when we do decline. There are moments in our life when we do spiritually regress and there are times when we do become spiritually naughty. And you know what God does? He takes us to his divine woodshed. He gives us a spiritual spanking and we whine and we cry a little bit. And then we dry our tears and we straighten up and walk right. Why does God chasten us? He chastens us because he loves us. He chastens us because he wants intimacy with us. He chastens us because he wants fellowship with us. He chastens us because he wants communion with us. Hebrews 12, 6 says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. How many know, Lord, then he will chasten you? Not because he just happy to whip you. He chastens you because he loves you and he, he wants to restore you. He wants to bring the best out of you for his glory and for your own good. Hebrews 12, 6 says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Though Isaiah was referring primarily to the restoration of Israel from Babylon, he was also speaking of a wider regathering. At the second coming of Christ, Israel will be regathered to her land from around the world. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, he will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the disperse of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Amos 9.15 also says, I will plant them, Israel, in their land. And look, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land. I have given them, says the Lord God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 4th at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse for our 8 o'clock a.m. service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, visit us at maranathasa.org.